Howdy, and welcome to the Theological Mutts Podcast. I am joined by my beautiful, amazing bride, Riley. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. We just uh, just got over our kids being sick, so that's mm-hmm. been fun. And they're plague bringers, so whenever they get sick, we get sick. Yeah. Because that's how children work. So what has uh, what has changed since the last time we were on this podcast? Um, we met an Orthodox person. So by the grace of God, because didn't you say, what's, man, we need an Orthodox person? Well, what's really funny is I think it was in the last podcast. I was like, geez, we need to meet an Orthodox person because we met an Anglican person. We met a Roman Catholic person, like, like built relationships with these people. And we're yeah, like, we need yeah. to build relationships with an Orthodox person. And just so happened that one showed up at my house when we were having a mommy play date and like no idea who she was and she just showed up someone else had invited her um and then she came over to a cookout we had and so yeah we've been dialoguing with her and it has been very interesting and i was like what are you a christian she's like oh yeah i'm orthodox and i'm like tell me more (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's exactly how it went yeah so we've been having on and off discussions with her and her husband her Uh, husband is roman catholic yeah her husband is roman catholic interesting former atheist former atheist, Roman Catholic, now Roman Catholic, born Roman Catholic. Yeah. And so we've been having conversations with them on and off. And, um, so yeah, that changed and it has, we're really, really hoping that we'll be able to bring her on for some discussion and dialogue, uh, here soon. But today we kind of wanted to get into something that is going to be bouncing off of apostolic succession. And I know our low church more Protestant brothers and sisters in Christ are going to be thinking about this, and it's Sola Scriptura. And today we wanted to get into Sola Scriptura because right now, all over the United States, I think Christians are seeing that we're in real trouble, that Christianity is declining, um, wokeism and leftist ideology is getting worse and worse, and, you know, I, I love... If, if I love those people dearly, we love those people dearly, we're not trying to make this uh, political Jesus loves them, has died and bought their sin just like anything else. But uh, the religion of wokeism and leftism is spreading like wildfire. It's taking people's children, it's taking houses, and it's, it's getting really bad. And I have been pondering this idea, and uh, so my wife and I today are going to be bouncing this back and forth, and hope, hopefully you'll... Can, you can be a part of this uh, discussion, but is this really a result of Sola Scriptura taken to its natural conclusion? Is this what happens when we open up the gates and we say, the Bible is the highest authority, not the church, not the teaching authority within the church? Um, so I think that first, before we like start getting really deep into this discussion, the first step should be defining what is Sola Scriptura. For those that don't know or are slightly unfamiliar with that. Yeah. So I think that depending on your faith tradition, you're going to define it differently, which in my opinion could be its own argument against Sola Scriptura. But basically what Sola Scriptura is going to say is that Scripture is the highest authority. It is unique. It's not the only authority, but it's the highest authority that is binding on all Christians today. But doesn't Sola mean like sole authority? Yeah, it means the sole authority. Well, so that's wouldn't the... wouldn't that mean like the only authority? Um, well, yes, it's the only authority that is binding on all Christians and that can be used for 
instruction and building up of the spiritual life and to learn from. It's not the, it's not what Sola Scriptura is not saying is like your parents aren't authority or the church doesn't have authority. What it's saying is when it comes to deciding things on faith and morals and learning what the faithful Christians need to do, that solely is going to come from Scripture. There are other authorities that can help us know things, but when it comes to faith and morals, we're going to get that from Scripture alone. Uh, From an Anglican perspective, you know, we've been talking with a lot of Anglicans, they're going to come at it more of a prima scriptura, not sola scriptura. They're going to say, well, Scripture is a high authority, but it's it's not the only authority that influences us. And our Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox brothers and sisters are going to say, sola scriptura just that's just a broke system. It's that's not biblical at all. So who like what type of Christians believe in sola scriptura? Yeah. So if you're Protestant, whether you acknowledge it or not, you're believing in a form of sola scriptura, save and maybe Anglican and Methodist traditions. So, you know, sola scriptura comes up during the Protestant Reformation from Martin Luther and a lot of the uh, reformers, and they go through and they say, hey, there are these abuses going on. Uh, They're quoting this holy tradition as authority, but we're going to say the only authority you can get is uh, to be able to tell us what to do. It has to be based on Scripture. And so they're going to look at things like, well, I can't find praying to the saints in Scripture, so we we don't pray to the saints. I can't find indulgences in the Scripture, so that's unbiblical. I can't find X, Y, or Z in the Scripture, and therefore I find it unbiblical. Now, the natural problem of this is who is correct on what Scripture is saying. And so Sola Scriptura, whether it's good or bad, we have to acknowledge the fact, if we're going to be just unbiased, is it's resulted in a multitude of Protestant denominations. Now, you may say, you know, the Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox would say, well, the Protestants have like 150,000 denominations. That's not true, technically. Um, You know, you can actually, the faith traditions, you can break down much smaller. But the point still stands is that there is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Protestant groups all adhering to this idea of Sola Scriptura, but they believe widely, widely different things. And so the argument goes, okay, well, if Sola Scriptura is really biblical, why do we see that it's causing more people to divide from themselves than to come together? Right? Why is it causing more division within the body of Christ than unity? And more importantly than that, which which one of them is right? How can we have any real unity if I can just simply say, well, I don't think that's biblical. I don't think that's scriptural. If if I get the if I get to be the ultimate determiner of what scripture says, effectively I become the God of Scripture and not Scripture. So, I, I've so, just said a lot, you know. You, no, 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 you're okay. So shouldn't that be the way that it goes, though? Like, shouldn't Scripture be our only authority? Shouldn't we, like, only trust Scripture? Shouldn't, like, shouldn't that be the way it goes, though? So, like, I that's what I would have told you a couple years ago. But here's a really easy way to, in my opinion, prove that you're going to have to, as a Christian, rely on more than just the authority of Scripture to know what Scripture says and to be able to live a Christian life, which Let is me this. guess. Let me guess. Okay, I know what you're going to... What? How do you know what the Bible is? How do you know what book should be in the Bible? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> how do you know what Scripture is? Because there's a couple... I don't know, Jason. How do you know? <laughs> well, so as a Protestant, you might say, well, what's clearly quoted within Scripture? So we know what Scripture is because Scripture quotes out of Scripture. Well, here's the problem with that. One, 
Like there's a couple books that Doesn't aren't Jesus quoted. quote other scriptures that yeah, aren't well, okay, in so the Protestant into, Bible? Yeah, so, so we have quotations from the book of Enoch, but you know, Protestant Christians are going to say, whoa, that's not scripture. But then the book of Esther is never quoted in the entire New Testament. So how do you know it's scripture? And what they're good, what it's going to come down to is they're going to have to admit, no, we know what scripture is because the church, the church has passed has, it down yeah, for generations. That. The church has been a witness and told us what scripture is. So they're going to have to appeal to an authority outside of scripture in order to tell us what scripture is. Otherwise, you know, John Calvin, for instance, said, well, you kind of just, you know, scripture, it's just self-evident. You, you feel it within your heart. Okay, and so people will sometimes use that argument. Well, I just feel like this is Scripture. Okay, well, what if I go to you, and what about our Catholic brothers and sisters and Orthodox brothers and sisters, and they go through and they say, well, I feel like Baruch is Scripture. I feel like the additional parts of Esther are Scripture. I feel like these things are Scripture. Well, you're going to say, no, 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 that's not Scripture you're adding. But it's a subjective playing field if you simply say, well, it's what's in my heart. And this is where I get into, is this... And I, listen, I grew up Protestant. We grew up Protestant. And we're still in this transitionary state. So I'm not saying I've totally abandoned Protestantism. But it's a real thing to say, is this whole religion of wokeism and secularism really a result of sola scriptura and this idea that I get to call the shots? I get to say, this is what scripture says, instead of having to submit to an authority higher than myself. Yeah, I would agree. I think that... I think it is definitely an interesting conversation. It's not a conversation that I am I am like set on for sure of like my opinion on it, but I'm definitely at least pondering these questions because I heard a podcast once that was Nuda Scriptura versus Sola Scriptura. And to me, I think the way that I had always viewed scripture was through this like Nuda Scriptura mindset rather than a Sola Scriptura mindset. Um and so, like, like Anglicanism still believes in sola scriptura, right? They would say they, prima scriptura. So scripture is a very high authority, but we have to use holy tradition and other okay. things to be able to know what that scripture says. Which I think is more of a logical conclusion when you start looking at church history. Um, because there was, there were, like, how many centuries? Like, what, three centuries before... Um, I mean, we even had like the New Testament all compiled. Yeah, and there was <gasps> debates about what Scripture even even was, which is another kind of argument that I feel like is a point against sola scriptura. Is like Christians didn't, for the one, the majority of Christians didn't know how to read, and two, um, sorry, our, our right now as we record this podcast, our daughter was asleep and she's woke up and she's giving me beautiful, beautiful I think she's smiles. pooping right now. Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. Um, anyway, the other problem is that well, people didn't even have the New Testament for kind of a, a good bit. And so if, so if Scripture is supposed to be this highest authority... How did well, they have any authority? Yeah. And then you have to say, well, it was the bishops. The bishops... And the priests taught the people. They were the authority. Well, then and shouldn't they be teaching the people now? And then so you see, you get into this slippery slope of, okay, what now Now, what I have to do to validate Sola Scriptura is I got to prove when the shift has to happen. I got to be able to say definitively, okay, no, now we have to quit depending on the bishops and priests to teach us. And now it's got to, the authority now shifts to Sola Scriptura. Which I don't think anyone would say that is the 
should be the case up until the Protestant Reformation. Like, this is not a concept that the early church was believing. This is a concept that happened 1,500 years after Jesus. I, I could be wrong on this quote, but I think St. Ignatius says where the bishop is, the church is, which <laughs> flies pretty hard in the face of many Protestants because they would say, well, where two or three are gathered and the Bible is, the church is. And he's like, no, 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 no. Where the bishop is, the church is. Not where, but just because that wasn't, that wasn't even a framework within their minds. Mm -hmm. But now we have this framework of, well, we've got to go to, we have to trust in Scripture. But, I mean, here's just a classic verse. Like, the, Bible's the Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked. So I could really, really, really think that something is Scripture and just, I could totally be deceived in myself. Totally. And I think we can say that's genuinely happened in history. But in a sola scriptura mindset, how can I say, no, 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 they're truly deceived, right? They've been deceived. You know, you get crazy cults. I'm good, though. On what basis? Because you you happen to think your interpretation of the Bible is correct? Yeah. Like, well, that seems like a pretty slippery slope. Well, well, I think, too, like you see within Protestantism that there are these, like, crazy divides over... Things that Roman Catholicism, Orthodoxy, <laughs> Anglicans are not questioning. Well, Angli uh, some Anglicanism, of the, the Anglican, they get a little bit further. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, they're not questioning whether or not the Trinity is a thing. But we have Protestant churches doing that. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is what I'm thinking is like when you start running with sola scriptura to the to the furthest degree, you start getting into crazy beliefs yeah 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 so but what what would you say to someone though who's like no no no, that's just sola scriptura done bad that's that you can't use that as an argument against sola scriptura what sola scriptura done good well when they have my exact <laughs> interpretation of what the bible says that's well, a, actually that's a very fair counterpoint i'm just saying like when give me an example of when sola scripture sola scriptura was done in a way that has caused unity. I, I, mean, I mean, these are things that we are not seeing within these Protestant churches because there are so many different opinions, beliefs. And, and how do you, this is the question that I always come back to, is like, how do you know how to interpret Scripture? Hmm. I think that this is the question that really, like, you start getting to the crux of this conversation, is like, how do you know how to interpret Scripture? Mm -hmm. just because you read it and you have this Western mindset and this is just what you've always been taught. Mm. Oh, okay, so it's still coming down to what you've been taught. Yeah, you're the Pope. You get to be your own Pope, Yeah, effectively. Yeah, I, it's, I, 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 it, here's, the, here's the skinny of it. I, I want Sola Scriptura to work. But, and, and I love the ability for me to be able to say, this is what I think is right. But the hard thing is, is, I'm there not are a always lot of right. People, yeah, and I'm not lot, the smartest person on no, the planet. And there are a lot of people right now. I mean, that's wokeism. This is right because we say it's right. But this is our truth. This is our truth of what we feel. This, that our feelings is what matters. And I'm not. You know, there are many hard, hard gospel believing, fighting for for truth and justice Protestants. But I mean, that I sort of feel like that this could be a big shift when it. 
this could be what led to that, is this idea that I get to call the shots of what Scripture says. And you can say all day long, I don't do that. But when it comes down to it, you do. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that you either you do or you're letting someone else teach you and you're not reading the scripture for yourself. And then therefore, why are you letting that person teach you? Like you need to evaluate, like, does this person, this goes back to the whole apostolic authority question. Does this person have apostolic authority that was passed down so that they are teaching the correct thing about scripture? Yeah. Yeah. Who says that they get to, how do you know, like it says in Peter, that they're an elder? How do you know they're a proper elder? Well, because they, because they taught what I thought was right. Okay. Yeah. Or, or no, they have been laid on hands and that goes all the way back to... And because that person heard it from the person who heard it all the way back to Peter. They're yeah. getting the correct teaching. And and here's... And, and I'm not saying that they have the, te- the correct teaching oh, on no, they're everything. Crazy, they're crazy. I mean, you, we could talk about the German bishops right now. Yeah. The Catholic churches are going absolutely bonkers. But I mean, you see... There are things that the church is not, the Roman church, the Orthodox church, the Anglican church, they are not wavering on things like the Trinity. They're not wavering on things of like what the Holy Spirit's power is. Or baptism or, I mean, and this is a thing. Protestants say, oh, we have, we agree on the essentials. Well, okay. And and I know Trent Horn makes this push a lot. If, if for any of our listeners, he's a pretty well-known Catholic apologist. Um, But, uh, what is the essentials? I can't even, in a sola scriptura way, you can't tell me what the essentials are to be a Christian. You can't. You can't say this is what's required. And in the moment you say, like, because I would say for a long time, well, historic Christianity. Okay, now what I've, is I've appealed th- outside yeah. of scripture to yeah. tell you what is historic Christianity. Exactly. Because what are they going to say? The Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasians' Creed, uh, the, the early creeds of the undivided church that's what they're going to say is historic christianity in many regards and so it's like oh oh, okay so i'm willing to trust these dudes to tell me what christianity is but i'm not willing to trust them to tell me how to live it or to live the way they did yeah i mean you know augustine prayed to the saints he believed in the intercession of the saints I'm not saying we should or shouldn't do that, but if you're willing as a Baptist or a Calvinist to be Augustinian and say Augustine's the great, the bee's knees, greatest guy on the planet, but he got this wrong. Okay, I'm not saying we got to believe every single thing, like, right? Obviously, there's a line here, but his Christianity is radically different. And we're just, as a Protestant, we're kind of just picking and choosing these things. Salad barring it. Yeah, we're salad barring from the saints. We're saying, well, I kind of like, you know, I love Athanasius on the Trinity, but, you know, (laughs) if anybody just heard that, that would be our daughter uh, farting. (laughs) And so my wife was correct. She was smiling at me, not because she loves her dad, Uh -uh. but because she's pooping. (laughs) Um, We're salad barring. You know, we like Athanasius when it comes to the Trinity and some of his quotes, but, you know, we don't like Athanasius when it comes to some of his other quotes about stuff. I mean, it's it's a real problem. So what is the better solution? I mean, do the Roman this is this is like a side question. Do the Roman Catholics and the Orthodox do they believe in prima scriptura? No. Or do they just believe in holy no, tradition? No, 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 no. Well, it's not like a just. 
to them it's not a well when there's a contradiction between scripture and holy tradition holy tradition trumps scripture they're going to say that these are all equal authorities and they don't contradict each other but the anglican church would go that scripture is always going to it's the highest authority it's primary it's our it should be our primary authority if we're going to go to anything we're going to go to scripture first and then to be able to understand that scripture we have to go to holy tradition we've got to go to the saints now some reformed anglicans might parse that out and lean a lot more sola scriptura but if you're coming at it from a more anglo-catholic perspective and i think probably I don't know, maybe major majority of Anglicans might say this. I don't know that. They're going to come at it like, well, Scripture's the primary authority, but we have to have holy tradition. That's why we know things like infant baptism that was taught from the very earliest moments of the church. Um, you know, the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist taught from the very— that's holy tradition. That's very clearly seen. Yeah. I think that right now where I am, that I lean with that Scripture has to be our primary— or like where we should go first. But then again, you come back to this like question, this linchpin of like, how do you know how to truly interpret scripture? And so that's kind of where I think that this like, for me, that's not what I'm saying is biblical. That's not what I'm saying. The church teaches. Just what you're thinking. This is just what I'm thinking through. Yeah. Of like, okay, so if I don't know how to interpret scripture, then the church is going to have to, guide me in leading and teaching me what scripture, how scripture should be interpreted. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I kind of fall in terms of this. But I think there is like this great thing about, and I, I don't, this is a new feeling for me of being like, I think there are things that Holy tradition teach that are good. Mm -hmm. That is a, that is a very, very new thought process for me because before it was, no, scripture and scripture alone. Me, my Bible, and me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's, I mean, I love Francis Chan, but I'm pretty sure Francis Chan has this like huge YouTube video that talks about like, imagine if you were just like left on an island with a Bible and you had no preconceived notions. That's not realistic. That's not realistic. Because you have, the moment you have that Bible, you have a preconceived notion because somebody compiled that Bible to tell you what was in that Bible. Yeah, yeah. You're you interpreting scripture all alone by yourself is not it's not the best idea. Yeah, well, it's just not going to go over and, well. And you're going to come up with some crazy stuff because you are a messed up human that needs Jesus and you need His church. Mm-hmm. You can't. How can you have Jesus without His body? Did you just? Oh, um, did you just say we needed His church? Yes, you need His church. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, and even as you're talking about this, what it's making me think in my mind is. You know, when you said, you know, Scripture's a primary authority, and I'm not saying sola or uh, prima scriptura is a, is wrong, but, like, if you're going to go to Scripture first, in a way, you're not going to Scripture first because you had to go to the church fathers to even know what that Scripture was. Yeah. So you're going to, in a way, you're even if you say, I'm going to Scripture first, and kind of in a way, you actually you aren't. You're going to the tradition of the—you're going to the church to be able to say, oh, what's Scripture? Okay, good, now I'll go there. Um but without that first linchpin of, hey, what is scripture? You can't even go to that to be able to validate it or, or interpret it. So, you know, that's a lot. And we just went over a lot. I don't know if we really got to is wokeism a result of solar scriptura. It's just an idea we're kicking around. And it's something to be thinking about. Is this, are we in a bit of our own choosing? Is this really a result of 
of this taken to its nth degree as it's led into things over and over and over again, because even non-Christians have a sola scriptura mindset in many ways. I know what's right. My rightness is like the highest authority on the planet, what I feel is right. And so tell us what you think. Do you think that sola scriptura is kind of what led to the development of wokeism as it is today? Obviously, there's a lot of history when there. When did sola scriptura become, like like in terms of church history, when did this become a thing? Well, okay, so a Protestant is going to look at it and say, it's been taught throughout church history. But I mean, I think a pretty decent, I'm just going to say it, it really came across, I mean, in, in its formal <laughs> declarations, and it's formal declarations and the Reformation. Nobody was saying the words sola scriptura before before the Reformation. Yeah. Now there are you know people who talk about the authority of Scripture, of course, but there's nobody articulating it quite like Luther. I don't think until until the Reformation. And I know people are going to go and they're going to quote the Church Fathers and all that. Yes, please prove me wrong. You know, prove us wrong. I would love for you to prove me. If I'm wrong, prove me wrong. Um, but our daughter is getting very fuzzy. So. We will uh, end this podcast, and hopefully sometime in the future, we will have our Orthodox friend on to tell us why we're heretics. <laughs> so, and why we should all be Orthodox. Right. God bless you guys. Grace and peace.